Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding businesses of the Curb to Compost program, which allows businesses, restaurants to have food waste collection. And this is an important next step in your business's or restaurant's recycling program. You are tuned in to episode number 181 of the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories connecting you to Jackson Hole and Jackson Hole to the rest of the world. Today, I have a quote for you. I love sharing these quotes. Anger is never without a reason, but seldom with a good one. That quote's by Benjamin Franklin, right out of Poor Richard's Almanac. If you haven't read Poor Richard's Almanac before, I recommend finding a copy. And folks, each of our episodes are possible through the support of our sponsors. Today, we have a few sponsors. Our first one is Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. Do you want to be a better recycler? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. The Recycling Coach app, that's right, now available to Jackson Hole locals and visitors. Additional support comes from Compass Real Estate, the region's largest and most dynamic real estate company in the Valley. For more information and to view current listings, visit compass.com. That's C-O-M-P-A-S-S dot com. And of course, the Jackson Hole Wine Club is helping sponsor this episode, making the experience of exploring new wines as easy as taking a sip. Visit jacksonholewineclub.com for more information. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection, the place and space I share stories with you. I appreciate all of you who are tuning in today and have found this podcast. Remember, more people can enjoy this podcast by you sharing it. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, or just using your phone with some friends and family. I also happily accept reviews. So give us a review. Five stars. I love them. Tell us what you think about this podcast so others, when they find it, know what exactly they're getting into. And this podcast is all about sharing stories. We all have a story to share, and that's what I like doing talking to people so they can share their story with you. And today's guest is Priscilla Martin. She is the founder of Horse Warriors, a local nonprofit working with horses and kids or children. Priscilla started coming to Jackson Hole around 1973, and she has some super stories about being here in the 70s, working at a dude ranch in the late 70s and early 80s, what winter used to be like, and all of the other places that she's worked. Priscilla's work in the Valley over the years have covered many different areas of need for our community, mainly in the nonprofit world. And the one area her heart always continued to gravitate towards is educating kids. Now, as the executive director of Horse Warriors, Priscilla and her team of people and horses are helping kids find their compass and even become mentors to the next generation of Horse Warrior participants. Priscilla, welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. You betcha. I like to start off these interviews, Priscilla, for myself and the listeners to find out a little bit of background of you. So I'm very curious to 
find out where you were born and where you were raised and how long have you lived in this area? How did you land out here in this area? What's your connection? Well, I, I feel like I was born in horse country and that was what started the whole thing. I was born in Kentucky um, and then actually spent most of my time growing up uh, right outside Princeton, New Jersey. But I was just in love with horses. My parents swear my first word was horse. Huh. And I, uh, when I was eight years old, um, I actually lived with my aunt um, and we got a pony and we didn't get a saddle. The saddle was like going back order. So my cousins and I, you know, that was not going to stop us one bit. So we all learned to ride bareback and we all learned to jump bareback and by the time we got a saddle, we were practically Native Americans on horseback. And so it's just the horses have just been part of me physically and mentally, literally my whole life. And, you know, I had a background in pony club and eventing and horse shows and all that. But I, I always taught. I taught our neighborhood kids how to ride on my horse. And when I was um, in college, I wanted to come out west and my uncle uh, was a horse vet in Salt Lake City. And he said, well, you know, I could always use help in the summer if you want to come out here, but I needed to make money. He was just going to give me room and board. And he suggested that I try working on a dude ranch. And, you know, in my mind, a dude ranch, I mean, it was just like, I was so snooty about it, but he said, no, no, it's not what you think. So I did come out and I did work on a dude ranch and I worked there for 11 years. I loved it. I came out in 1973 and I had sent them a picture. I was going to be like a cabin girl or something, but I had sent them a picture of me holding my horse with my dog on the horse. And they said, you got to be our kitty wrangler. I'm sorry. That's just it. <laughs> so I did that for many, many years and just loved it. And obviously had fallen in love with Jackson Hole. And this, I just felt like this is where I, I, this is home. Mm -hmm. So that was 73. And I graduated from college in 75 and moved here and have lived here forever since. And been in the nonprofit sector all the time that I was here. Um, but Horse Warriors really has become my passion. Wow. So I'm curious to know, do you want to share the name of the dude ranch that you worked for for oh, 11 yes. years? What a Absolutely. Commitment. The Arley's Yes. It is the best ranch in the Valley. I can't say enough great about it. It's It's been family owned for many years and the people are wonderful. The guests come year after year, best bosses ever. It was my favorite job I ever had. And it's a, it's very much what I do in Horse Warriors, only back then I didn't have to go raise the money. So that's why I loved it. Cool. <laughs> and, and that's out past the village towards the park entrance on the Moose Wilson Road, Arthalasia? Yes. Yeah, and, you would turn right before the park entrance and head east to the river. And Peter and Kathy Finach have been managers out there for yes. a while? Yes. Yeah. I used to ski host with them a bunch of years ago. It's wonderful. And my um, uh, my first husband and I were, um, we were there forever, but we also were caretakers in the winter. And it was, it was just beautiful to be back there and live with elk and moose and ski in and out every day. It was, it was great. Could you share some experiences of being out on a ranch like that? At what time was that? Like in the eighties? And that what was, was your experience like? Cause Jackson was very different in the eighties than it is right now. Right. So um, that was 
83, we were the caretakers. I mean, back then we had so much snow. I mean, when we would shovel the roofs, it got to where you had to shovel up off the roof because the snow was up over the eaves. And we, we, my, my uh, oldest son, uh, was born there and you know we would ski off the roof with him you know just like in a pack and it, just to make it fun but you could literally you could just climb up the snow piles and ski down off the roof and and it was great and Jackson was very um communal back then I would I guess I would say you know I mean it's changed so much now but back then you didn't know who had money you didn't know who didn't have money you know everybody just kind of pitched in together and there were a lot of potlucks and just gatherings Teton Village was oh maybe a quarter or a fifth the size that it is now and Wilson was just a bunch of little log cabins and people being kind of ski bums and you know, we loved it. We, you know, you, you get to know everybody, you know, there was just a small town flavor back then. It wasn't nearly as political as it is now or contentious as it's become. And yeah, there, you know, as everyone can see, there's just been a lot of development in the town. The town doesn't really, you know, look like it did back then, but we'll always have the park. We'll always have the forest and, you know, the recreation and wildlife here are, you know, there's, they're still available. So I love They will it. be there forever. They will be there forever. Mm-hmm. As long as we keep protecting them, preserving I, them. I yeah. think steward, stewardship is a, is a key for our time. You know, mm-hmm. We need to take that seriously. That is remarkable that as the winter would progress, you weren't shoveling snow off the roof, but up over the snow. You Off the roof, but up over the snow. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, we were in really good shape um, between skiing in and out. My husband also taught uh, skiing over the village. So we would have to ski out to um, the road to leave our car there just because there was no way to keep a road open back then. And um, we, yeah, my, I mean, one of my favorite stories from the ranch, it wasn't a great fun day, but you know, we had our baby and we had this wonderful Labrador retriever and he would pull the baby in a sled. And so we kept just our horses there for the winter, but we had to go out and feed them every day. And we had a big haystack. And so one morning my husband was feeding, he was going to feed and kind of go a little bit south of where I was skiing out to the road. And then he was going to cut up across the fields and meet me up on the flats. And I'm toodling along with the baby and the dog. And I am not a great skier, believe me. I mean, I'm an adequate cross-country skier, terrified to downhill, but uh we're skiing along and out by one of the gates are these three cow moose who are all bedded down in the willows. And they saw us and our ski track was packed really hard because we went out there every day. And one of the cows got up and started chasing, running towards me on my skis and running on that hard pack. And I just, oh, I just panicked and I, I turned to the dog, his name was Cotton. And I said, Cotton, go get dad, go get dad. And he turned around and he raced down that track over to where the barns were. And, you know, I thought, well, at least I'm going to save my kid. And the moose finally stopped. I mean, I skied as fast as I could, you know, to go back after this, after my dog and the sled. And she finally stopped. But I have to say, I tell people I'm much more worried about being chased by a moose than I am by a bear. You know, people think bears are so dangerous, but there's nothing like, 
you know, a 1500 pound cow moose <laughs> right behind your skis. So yeah, there was a, there was adventure there in the winter. Um, we had a little resident elk that had gotten separated from his mother one winter. And, you know, we just put some hay out for him and we could, you know, watch him eat every day out the, out the window behind our, our cabin. And, you know, I loved it. It was, it was a wonderful time. And when you're young and strong and you don't have too many worries, it was a, it was an idyllic life. What a beautiful story. Thank you for, for sharing. You're welcome. Not something you hear people experiencing as much nowadays. No. Um, those types of things. And and I agree. I think I'd rather be chased by a bear than a, a cow moose. Yeah. Those things are scary. They are big. They are really big. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. big. They're big. And and you said that you've pretty much worked in nonprofits your, your time out here. I'm yes. curious to know... Uh, what are some of those nonprofits? Well, that um, at? I work when when um, when I left the RLAZS, I worked at Teton Science School. That was back when it was out um, at all, only the Teton Science School singular, and it was out in Kelly. And I was the assistant to the director out there for three years, which was great. I loved it. I felt like I got just steeped in the environmental conservation movement while I was there. I mean, Wendell Berry was there and Barry Lopez, um, Luna Leopold, uh, just some of the really big names in conservation. David Love was a wonderful personal friend of mine, and he was the the head geologist for Wyoming. He was featured in the John McPhee book, Rising from the Plains. But it was, it was just wonderful to have David as a friend. He was always very encouraging to me about my art, you know, and just kind of, you know, doing life. And it was challenging to be a single mom then I, I was divorced and but being out there and being able to participate in a lot of the information that was given to the kids who would come to be in their like winter you know the winter weeks programs and then I ended up teaching five winters out there with art and literature and nature with the Jackson Hole High School and that was a real treat I did that with my friend Lynn Dalebout who's a, a poet and I did the mm. art and she did the um, the writing and it, it was it's just a glorious time of um, it was before cell phones it was before social media and I I say that, you know, wistfully because I've seen such a change in our culture and our kids. I mean, I with, when we get to Horse Warriors, I'll talk all about the kids, but it really is a different time. Um, so I did that. I also was the um, education outreach director for the Wolf Fund when um, we were working to uh, reintroduce the wolves to Yellowstone. And that was a boy. That was a very serious and challenging time, I think, for ecology, for conservation. It's it, it's been a little heartbreaking for me to see kind of where that's where that has headed lately with wolf hunting. But I loved being part of that. I also uh, worked for the Snake River Institute, which is now defunct, but I started a program out there called Snake River Summers. And I, you know, I really love kids. I love working with them. So I like to teach what people want to learn. I think that is very helpful to keep attention. So I would ask kids, what do you want to learn about? And they would tell me, like, oh, I'd like to be a DJ. So we did radio broadcasting. Oh, I want to learn how to do claymation. So we learned how to do stop action, you know, claymation with old video cameras. And, you know, I want to go on a whitewater trip. So we did build your own adventure. And we it was it was four years of really meeting the needs of curiosity. 
So I did that. And then I, I taught for many, many years, just kind of on the side, but consistently for the Art Association, teaching drawing for disbelievers, calligraphy, colored pencil to adults mainly there, and then working with partners in the schools for many years, again, because I love kids, but I liked, I really liked going in and doing, uh, you know, art projects that would augment their regular school, you know, required curriculum. You have been a major impact around here over the years. You've done a lot of I've stuff. I've done a Priscilla. lot. Yeah, I've done a lot. I love it. I love it. I, I'm I'm totally a workaholic. You know, I love what I do and I, I love being creative. So for me, it's a joy, not so much a work. Now you, you're with Horse Warriors now. Did you start Horse Warriors? I did back up a tiny bit. When I was teaching at the Art Association, I got asked to teach for Jackson Hole Therapeutic Riding. They had lost their head instructor. And, you know, I mean, I've always been with horses and stuff and always taught kids. So I did that for three years. And in the process of teaching there, I mean, I really loved it. It, it. It's a great program. I I have only good things to say about it. But one of my closest friends was working in a situation where her employer went bankrupt and he did not want the horses she'd been taking care of for him to go to auction. So he gave her his seven horses the family horses that she'd been taking care of for years. But meanwhile, thinking she had a job, she had adopted five Mustangs from the BLM. And these were Mm. wild horses. And suddenly she had 12 horses and no job. And she said, well, you know, what can we do with these horses? And at the time there'd been some, um, a lot of press about working with kids and, you know, kids in like juvenile facilities, working with Mustangs, you know, it was kind of like pairing them up. And I said, well, you know, we're out at CBRV and there are a lot of kids here who are, they're able-bodied, you know, I mean, they're, they're riding really well. They, they're there for kind of emotional support. And I think that we could do a lot with that group of kids with these horses and, you know, really expand the program. So I, my friend Lorna Miller and I, you know, really put together a, a, you know, a pretty comprehensive program for working with horses and really supporting mental health and leadership and all that. And we proposed it to Jackson Hole Therapeutic Riding and they turned us down. They said, no, they, they didn't want to do that. So by that time we were kind of into it. And I'd been having kids who I knew just come out, you know, and pet the horses and lead the Mustangs around and just get them used to people. I mean, they weren't mean. They just, they hadn't been trained to ride or anything. And, you know, when you're gentle with them, it's not that big a deal to teach them to lead around with a halter. And so we decided that we would go ahead and, you know, create a nonprofit and work with these kids. And I, I knew so many kids in the Valley from my other teaching especially Art and Lit, who were they're just looking for cool adults, you know, to be mentors. So at the same time, we had listened to this really good radio program by these women who lived out in Bainbridge Island, and they were both therapists, but they said, you know, you don't need to be a therapist to do this work. But they were encouraging people to just create what they called circles, where you would come together and you just share. And they said, we're losing that in our culture. People used to do that by 
doing dishes together after dinner and just talking. And now everybody goes to a therapist and not, I mean, I'm a big believer in therapy, but they said, just gather people. So all the kids that I knew mostly knew me through art. So they love doing art. So we started having them just come over in any kids, you know, who wanted to, that we knew there were probably about 12 or 14 kids and they would come and we would do art and we would just let them share. They just would babble on about, I don't mean babble in a bad way. I mean, they would open up and share things that they really wanted to know about or, or process. So as we got closer to summer, I said to them, I said, you know, if you guys want to continue this in the summer, it would be great. Would any of you be interested in doing this with horses? You know, mm -hmm. we would go ride out in the backcountry on the trail and we could do journaling. And about half of them said yes. So mm -hmm. we started with six kids. We had four middle schoolers and two high schoolers. So we had two groups and we borrowed a truck from Brad Mead and a trailer from Bill Hansen. And we had volunteers who would help us trailer things around and we got some tack donated and we just started doing it. And since then, it's just grown and grown and grown. But the, the point of it all was to again, kind of piggyback on what do kids want? What do they need? What do they want to know? And, you know, it, it it's for anybody who wants to be in it. Um, you know, where I would say that many of the kids who are in it now do suffer from bullying, from social peer pressure, you know, from social media. But we have kids who are, you know, high, high honor roll kids, you know, in advanced placement classes. And we have some, we have kids whose parents are incarcerated. We have people who deal with substance abuse issues. We have kids on the spectrum. We have, all, we have all kinds of things. We've had kids with one leg. We've had kids who um, were legally deaf, legally blind. We have, we, we hate the word disabilities. We, any, anybody who can safely be around horses is welcome to be in the program. We're definitely a riding based program, but we still do a lot of stuff on the ground. And we've had, you know, people in wheelchairs and, you know, all kinds of things will tailor a course for them. Most of our kids stay with us seven to 10 years. So they will come in, in our, what we call our parenting program. It's called power ponies, but we have the kids come in with an accompanying caregiver. We have a lot of grandparents and stuff who do this, but we have the kids actually become the teachers. We keep the kids a little bit ahead of the parents so that that traditional top-down information sharing that happens in families necessarily uh, gets, gets flipped a little bit. And then they go from there to Mighty Mustangs, which is kind of a holding program till they're old enough to be in the teen program, age 12 to 18. And then they're with us year round. So, I mean, we have kids who've been in it now for, I think, nine years is our longest running kid right now. She's a junior staff now, but she started when, when she was like eight years old and has stuck with it. And um, we have a lot of kids in that category who started as little six-year-old power ponies. And now they're great writers, but they're also really good writers now. And they're really good at art and they're good at sharing and teaching. And so one of the main focal points of Horse Warriors is our mentor program where kids who've been in the program, once they've learned really good horse safety and some basic beginner riding instruction, you know, that they can do, they come in and they're the ones who teach the power ponies. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously facilitated by you know the, uh, you know me and the other instructors and our therapists and stuff, but they're fabulous teachers. I mean, they are patient. They are very good at identifying what we call learning styles of their individual kid. Uh, not every kid learns the same. Some can see it and follow along. Some have to touch it. Some want to hear all about it first. And I, I watch them teach and I'm just, you know, I, I go, oh, they're little mini me's, you know, they're so good at honoring what it is to teach and that teaching is a process, not so much a task. We talk a lot at Horse Warriors on this concept of task versus process, where very often we get so focused on a task and getting it done that we lose the how and why that we're doing it. And here it's all about making sure everybody understands the why and understands how they are approaching that that's more important than getting it done perfectly. We do a lot of obstacles work in our programs for two reasons. One, they're fun. It's not just riding around in a circle. Two, you feel you feel a sense of accomplishment when you've done it, but it isn't about getting it done perfectly. It's about figuring out your relationship with your horse so that you both do it happily. And that's very, very important. Um, in the horse world, there's so much what I call top-down training. It's perform, perform, perform. There's lots of theories about training, you know, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement. But We really like to honor that our horses have a choice in what they do as well as the kids. And, you know, in the, at the end of the day, everybody gets it done. Everybody gets to a place where we call, you know, what was your win today? And, or what was your challenge? Nine times out of nine, the win is the challenge. It's the same thing. You know, my challenge was getting my horse to go over the teeter-totter. You know, my win was that. My challenge was that. When it happened, I felt so good. My horse was, you know, happy, didn't, you know, he wasn't upset. How do you feel? Well, were you happy and upset? Yeah, I was a little frustrated at the beginning, but my mentor uh, helped me um, break it down. And we call it, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time, but, you know, break it down into our bite-sized pieces. You know, mm-hmm. what, what can you do? And then you could stop there. You could say, great, that's good. We got we got halfway and it was wonderful. Let's go do something easy and fun and relaxing. Maybe we'll come and revisit this again. But these end up being life skills. You know, I mean, they, these translate super well into just being human beings, trying to get through the world and being able to understand that everyone has a personality. Everyone has a filter through which they see the world. And every horse has a personality. And we're lucky to have a big herd of 23 where we get to see them interact as horses all the time, you know, do what they do. But that translates back to our group. You know, if somebody in the group doesn't feel or think the way you do, it's very easy to look out, you know, at the herd and say, wow, that kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, Biscuit and Freya or whatever. Hey, Priscilla, I'm, I'm curious, could you put politicians through this program? <laughs> you know, yeah, we do. We actually do. Put it in D.C. Programs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say it, it hits home so quickly when it isn't working. And there are, you know, type A personalities. I mean, I'm one of them too. You know, they're just used to getting it done no matter what. And 
horses don't operate that way. They have to feel safe first. Mm-hmm. And that taking a step back and giving people some skills to cope with their own frustration, to be able to take it to a different perspective. Again, that's where your task versus process comes in. We work, we work with groups, you know, say a whole staff wants to come out and, you know, work together. Say they have a, you know, a retreat day or something. We have lots of really fun exercises for people to do that build their um, relationships with each other and let them kind of see each other in a different way. Um, you know, a lot of this work gets done with physicians, you know, who are, you know, they're working their own path in life, but they can get a lot better at their bedside manner a lot of times being able to come and work with the horses. The horses are, they, they're truth tellers. I don't know how better to express it, but they, they are very present. They don't care. They don't care what you're wearing. They don't care if you don't have any friends. They, they really don't care about that. They care about how you are in the moment. They care very much if you're kind. They care very much if you're patient. They care that you will be consistent. And that's one of the big things that, uh, you know, we find even with, you know, family dynamics. Do you have some days when there are no rules? Do you have some days when there are rules? You know, does everybody know what those days are? Um, You know, our horses get handled the same way by everybody because we teach them that. Not because we're the best horse trainers on planet Earth, but because we have hundreds of people working with these horses. We want the horses to know that human beings interact with you this way. So you can pretty much count on that and be willing to come to work. That's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, a lot of kids come from volatile homes. They don't know those rules. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no. Um, I, I want to learn more. And, and I'd love to hear some stories about maybe some kids that have come back and shared their appreciation of what work the horse warriors are, is doing But before we do that, we need to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors. And then we're going to come back and learn more about Horse Warriors. Compass Real Estate is the market leader in Jackson Hole, providing every client with unparalleled professionalism and breakthrough marketing strategies for fine properties. Their organization is comprised of dedicated and experienced real estate professionals, and they offer a collection of some of the most sought-after properties in the Valley. For more information on buying or selling in Jackson Hole, visit compass.com or call 307-733-6060. And for residents looking to reduce their household waste and become better recyclers, Look no further than the Recycle Coach App. Brought to you by Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. You can access and find the Recycle Coach App from your desktop computer, mobile device, or through those amazing digital assistants. The platform makes it easy for you to get your local disposal information for thousands of household items and takes the guesswork out of recycling. Visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle for access. Become a better recycler today and download the Recycle Coach app for free. 
Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Priscilla, welcome back. I'm enjoying this conversation and, and I so appreciate what you are doing for people in, in our community and, and learning about how horses can, can help people so much. And, and I just want to go back to something that you had said earlier in that teaching is a process. It's not a task. We get so focused on completing tasks in our daily lives. And we forget to explain to our children, but even in life, explain to people what's the how and why of, of what I'm doing. And with working with horses, people have to understand the how and the why. The, a horse is not a task. It's, exactly. it's a process. And and I'm, I'm very curious, you, you've had many people come through your program Without sharing people's names, of course, I'm I'm curious if if you have a story that you want to share where somebody's come back and um, provided some appreciation of, of how horse warriors impacted their life. Boy, I you know I I have hundreds of stories. Um, well, here's one of the things it's, it says um, for me and for all of its students, it isn't a summer camp where people come and go. Rather, it's a place for people to join a community that allows for people to learn more about themselves in a safe and supporting setting. For example, growing up as a shy kid can make it difficult to step out of your comfort zone and build relationships with people. Working in Horse Warriors and being able to interact with people of all ages has tremendously helped me become a much more outgoing and confident person. This has allowed me to participate in things like after-school activities and get a job that heavily involves interacting with customers. And I would, you know, I would say that that that's very typical, um, a typical response in that kids come in thinking, oh, you know, it's I'm going to learn how to ride a horse, but they go away with so many more life skills. They'll, when we do presentations to, you know, groups and kids, you know, I'll bring kids along with me and they'll say, when I started, I was so shy and now I can get up and talk in front of, you know, a group of people. And it's true. I mean, most adults would choke standing up and talking in front of, you know, 50, 100, 200 people. But what these kids learn is that they can be seen and they can be seen for the very best of themselves. And I would say that's one of the gifts that the horses give us every day is they meet us where we are and they are looking for the safe connection. I mean, our horses are peopley. They, they've learned that, you know, People provide you with good care, treats, grooming, scratching, a safe place to be. But, you know, I, and I'll tell one little story about uh, one of our, our uh, power, little power ponies was in foster care. 
came to us um, in a foster care situation. And one of the days that we do for that group, it gets an eight-week program. And so week six is always what we call Independence Day. And Independence Day is where you get to pick what we do. And you can do anything that we've done. You know, if you want to ride bareback, if you want to ride in pairs, if you want to do obstacles, if you want to practice barrel racing, you know, whatever it is, you get to pick. And this one, you know, at, at the end, um, you know, is asking everybody to share. And this one boy, you know, again, foster care is is tough. And he he just wrote that this is the first time in my life I've been able to choose what I wanted to do. And you know, even if you give somebody one day of that, you give them that experience. And what does that feel like to be, you know, the master of your fate for a day? I mean, this is a kid who was living in a car, you know, for who knows how long mm-hmm. um, without uh, a lot of stability. You know, I just, I don't know. There's just, there's just so, so many stories we have, one of my favorite stories is um, uh, a woman now who's she's she helps us a lot with the program. She has her own kids, but she started with us in seventh grade. And the guidance counselor was a friend of mine, and she'd recommended this girl come. And I just wasn't connecting with her. You know, I mean, it was like I usually can connect with kids, but I would I'd tell her to do something or whatever, and she just kind of blow me off. And I finally, I called the guidance counselor and I said, you know, I know you recommended this girl, but I'm just not feeling it. You know, you think she's great, but I'm really struggling. And she said, well, you know, what's happening? I said, well, you know, I'll talk to her. And it's just like no response. And she goes, well, does she have her hearing aids in? And I said, what? And she goes, <laughs> she have her hearing aids in. And I said, there's nothing on her medical form at all about hearing aids. And so I talked to her about it. And I just said, you know, I I need you to wear them because I want you to be safe. You know, if we're out on the trail and you can't hear me and, you know, there's a wildlife encounter or something, I I really, really need you to be able to hear. So lo and behold, I get a call from her mother and her mother says, what did you say to my daughter? And I'm like, oh, my God, I've, you know, I, I have this kind of dark, dry sense of humor. Maybe I said something that, you know, nobody else thought was funny. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what I said. She goes, she never wears her hearing aids. And she says she has to wear hearing aids now at horse warriors. And I said, yeah, because, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be safe. What happened because of this was she started wearing, you know, she didn't want to wear them because they were, you could see them and she was in middle school. She started hearing better. Her grades improved. She started speaking better because her, you know, just her, she was hearing more words. She ended up being the first person in her whole family to go to college. I drove her over to Powell for a college interview because, you know, that was the only way she was going to get to college by the time she got to high school. She's now, you know, really successful, great mom. She has three kids and, she, she, you know, she'll look at people and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm deaf. So I I need you to look right at me. I can kind of read your lips. I mean, she can hear, but you know, to a degree, but it really changed her life Mm -hmm. to just have that series of kind of coincidences where you land somewhere where someone's going to follow up on what's not working. And so, I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, I love her to death. She's like a daughter to me now. I mean, I, I, I see her a lot and she helps us and has for many years. But those are the kinds of things that can happen 
in a program where there are people who see you consistently Mm -hmm. um, and where you can talk about things that are a challenge, you know, it's beautiful. I'm proud of that one. You should be proud of all of them, Priscilla. (laughs) Um, I'm sure we could spend days of hearing some of these impactful stories. And I appreciate that you are, are being you, you're following your passions and making such a positive impact on people's lives. I'm, I'm curious to know, what, is, what are the qualifications for somebody to join Horse Warriors? If somebody wants to be in the program, how do they sign up? How do they join, join up? What, what's the process here? We open our enrollment every year in January and the Power Ponies is just open enrollment. It's first come, first serve. And people can, uh, they can find us through our website. It's just www.horsewarriors.com. And then they can email us off the website and I can, you know, get in touch with people that way. The Horse Warriors program for the teens, there's a, a little bit longer application process the kids fill out an application form in, I want them to do it in their handwriting. Believe me, you can tell a lot about kind of where a kid is by how they, they structure their responses. And then I do ask that they have a recommendation form filled out by a teacher, a counselor, a pastor, a coach, an adult who is not related to them, who knows them well enough to be able to recommend them uh, to our type of program. And the only caveat that we have is that the person isn't a danger to him or herself. I mean, we've turned away one person in 24 years uh, who was had a history of attacking people with knives. And it just, you know, we're out in the back country, we'll be, you know, six, eight miles up from a trailhead. And we're just not, we are not trained to deal with something like that. We're mm-hmm. trained to it's deal with other kinds of things. But we have a scholarship program. Boundless is very good. Boundless is a program in Jackson that helps kids participate in extracurricular activities. So a number of our kids in the past have, have used some boundless funds to participate in Horse Warriors, but we also, we have a scholarship program. Honestly, we have never turned anybody away because they couldn't afford it. Um, or we try to keep our tuition low and fair. I mean, we're we're either in line or lower than other programs. We did a little assessment a couple of years ago about kind of where are we at for what we charge. Parents recommend to other parents, mostly, and teachers recommend kids. That's pretty much the main way that we have students come into the program. But, you know, I mean, we have all kinds of kids, boys, girls, you know, kids with challenges, kids without that don't have visible challenges. But it seems like everybody who comes into the program comes away with those feelings of, wow, this changed my life and they change it and change it for the better. And the fact that we have second generation students now, you know, where parents did this as a teenager, we've been around so long, they've grown up and had their own kids. And they said, this was the best thing I did as a teen. I want my kids in this program. You know, I want to start them the minute they're six years old. So I think that that speaks well for what we've done. It it does. I've been here for 22 years and I had for so long did not know what Horse Warriors was or, or did. And being able to speak with you today has certainly opened my eyes. And in, in our community, there's certain nonprofits that have, I think, more 
recognition for one reason or another, but when you hear the impact that your nonprofit is making, I am absolutely blown away and it really touches my heart to hear this and to know that it's just making an impact at one, with one child at a time. And that's what it takes. So then you're creating mentors to where those children can then help other kids as well. And then continue doing that as adults, because we need a lot more mentors out there in the world. Thank you. I, I, I agree with that. And I, you know, I would say that the students um, like our junior staffer this year, Grace is, you know, I said, she'd been in it for like nine years, but and she wants to go into sports therapy and she's getting such a good um, experience of working with people, you know, very compassionately. And all the all the writers that we've had that have been junior staffers have gone on to do just amazing things in the world. And they they value those connections. And I think that you know, when you're talking about politicians, mm. you know, we all we can all diss on anybody, you know, and I don't mean to do that because I have some good friends who, who are legislators and things like that. But losing sight of individuals is very dangerous. You know, when when you start to group people into their their tags, you know, mm-hmm. identities, I think it's a slippery slope. And one of the things about horse warriors is, you know, yeah, some people, oh, they think we're therapeutic writing or, you know, they don't really know what we do. We just don't have a marketing firm. Okay. I do a lot of this stuff in house and we just don't have the, the deep pocket funding for stuff like that. But we've put our, our dollars into the, I don't know, I just want to say like the bottom line of, you know, I want to make sure that every kid can be in this. I want to make sure that our horses are so well cared for that they can show up. I want to make sure that people understand that age is not an infirmity. You know, we have some older horses and we keep them. We don't sell them. We don't put them to sleep. You know, we let them you know, go off on their merry way. And then, you know, my husband and I have a ranch down in Thane and that's where we, we bury them, you know, if they pass on and just those, that sense of stewardship and connection and investment is really important to us. And I think that because we don't have huge numbers, you know, we're not, you know, we'll maybe have, you know, 50 kids a year that that go through our programs, but they stay, you know, they stay and they grow up with these values that are, I think, essential to creating healthy communities. You know, that's one thing I miss a little bit about Jackson right now is that change in community where there are more people who aren't connected than there are people who are connected. Mm -hmm. Um, It's become a little transient and not as invested. I think that can change, but I also feel like I want to provide opportunities where people see the impact of absolute honesty and sharing and caring about each other. Our kids, you know, I wouldn't say in their, in their groups, we keep the groups small. We'll have like four kids per group. So we can really, no one is invisible. There are no bench warmers in our program. You, you get seen and you get heard and you get a chance to, to be seen and heard. But because of that, People learn to be safe with each other. And I think that's so important, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, social media is not the it's not real, but people believe it so much. They they think that it's real. And then when they come and have 
actual interactions. And I go back to the horses are, they're just not going to lie to you. They're going to tell you if you feel safe or if you don't. Um, I mean, one one of the things that horses do that's so nice is you can have just a terrible rotten day and really kind of be hating yourself in the world. And they're going to come up and connect with you anyway. And they're going to they're going to reach out and put their nose out and say, hey, are we doing something together today? And you at least have seven hours of feeling good. Mm-hmm. And over years and years, that ends up to a lot of hours of feeling good. And you you learn how to create that again for yourself because you get to practice. And our kids may not be the best friends in their group, but they are what I call the best intimates because what they share you know, stays in Vegas. I mean, it does not leave the group. And they are, they always blow me away. Like when I go to do a presentation with them because of the things that they will share in public. And, you know, I'll be sitting there going, oh, no, 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 you did not have to take, you didn't have to share that. That's okay. You know, that's kind of private, but they trust that I would take them to a place that would be safe for them to share that. And because that is part of their story, that's part of who they are. And they're willing to be seen for who they are in a lot of situations. And I think that we could all learn from that. Oh, yes, we can. Yes, we can. And I know talking to you today, I've learned a ton, Um, (laughs) just a remarkable amount of information. And, and, and it's not just about horse warriors, but it's about being a person and your conversation and has, is um, well-received and, and appreciated Priscilla. If people wanted to connect with you, to reach out to you, could you give us the website of Horse Warriors again? Yes, it's Horse Warriors, and that's all one word. It's plural, mm-hmm. H-O-R-S-E-W-A-R-R-I-O-R-S, Horse Warriors at wyoming.com. You have to spell out Wyoming. And then our email is... Oh, I wait, think that was the email. Sorry. Yeah, that was the email. Horsewarriors at wyoming.com is the email. www.horsewarriors.com is our website. Okay. And you can contact us through the website. I'll, I'll get an email through the website where you can uh, directly email. Awesome. Horsewarriors awesome. at wyoming.com. Well, thank you for what you're doing for our community, Priscilla. The world needs more people like you. Well, you're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share. I, I, love, I love what we're doing. It's working. I can tell. I can hear it. And because you and I see each other right now, everybody's listening, but I'm sure they hear it in your voice. Uh, They hear it with your words of your passion, but I can see it with who you are and what you're saying. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Priscilla. Have a lovely day. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Bye. To learn more about Priscilla and Horse Warriors, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 181. Quick plug for Michael Morey here. He has a business to edit and market podcast. If you're looking to start a podcast, get in touch with Michael Morey because he can help you be successful. Thank you, Michael, for doing all the editing and directing of this podcast and the marketing as well. Thank you, Laura, my love, and my boys, Lewis and William, for the support you provide me every day to do this podcast. I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. Thank you, everybody. Cheers till next week. Enjoy St. Patty's Day. That is what today is when this is released. And I will see you right back here for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.